I'm believing that 2019 is, is an incredible opportunity for us. It's, um, I believe, a year of prayer and action. Uh, Debbie, as she was praying this morning, she added purpose to that. So let's go with prayer and purpose and action. And I believe that's an incredible thing that we can do. As a, as a means of doing that, one of the things you'll notice in the seat back in front of you, there's a card like this in there. And that's a prayer request card. If you flip it over on the back side, go ahead and take that out and have a look at it now. If you have something in your life that you're believing for, and I think we all should have something that we're praying for and believing for in 2019, in the immediate future, or just things that you've been lifting up over time, I want us to be able to share that. And this week is a special week as I get into my message. The message this morning is fast forward. And so we're going to be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack that, but part of that is prayer, and we're going to spend this week in prayer, and uh, this place is going to be open uh, during the day uh, this week for prayer and fasting. And, and so if you have a request, we just ask, if you go ahead and fill this out, and there's a box back at Faith Next that you can drop that off on the way out, and we'll, we'll collectively pray for that this week and ongoing if you're, if you're willing to do that. Um, so just... This is something we're going to be doing ongoing. We believe in a church of prayer. I believe this is a year of prayer and action for us. So it's great to celebrate what God's doing because God is faithful and he's doing some very, very cool things. And one of the things that is very exciting for me, as, as we've been entering into this uh, last quarter of the year, we've been doing a fundraiser to be able to raise money to be doing a project in the basement to better enable our facilities to be used as the community center that we already are. And that project uh, is no small project. There's some washroom facilities and stuff that we're upgrading and some things that are, are not functioning properly that we want to fix. And so we set a goal of $75,000 to be able to do that project, to get down there, to put in some, some, modern ba uh, uh, some modern washrooms in the basement and to be able to fix what was broken. Right, so we set out to do that, and we started out. We the the church has already um, uh, what's the word set aside, budgeted for. That's it, budgeted for for that. We've set aside twenty thousand dollars out of uh, out of our, our general funds towards that. We've begun to to take in in offerings for that, and we've done really well. In fact, as of last week. We have met our $75,000 goal of raising enough money to do that. So just in case that didn't sink in, that means in the last two, maybe three months, we have been able to raise and have cash on hand $75,000 set aside to be able to do this project. I thank God for his provision. He is good. And... I'm going to borrow a phrase from Pastor Corey, that's scary good. Because to me, it's like if God is doing that, if God is providing that kind of provision for what's coming up in this year, oh my goodness, <laughs> God has got great things in store for us. And so we celebrate that. What an incredible thing. I'm so thankful for all that have contributed to that. And um, there's, there's cheaper churches that you could go to than Faith Tabernacle, but... <laughs> You know what? It's because we have vision, 
We have mission, we have purpose, we're believing to impact our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to do that, it's going to take resources, and God is providing those resources. So we're going to step out, we're going to believe for more, we're not going to shrink back, we're not going to coast. This is a year of destiny for this church. And I absolutely believe that. It's exciting. It's really, really exciting. Well, okay, notes. Focus. Focus. It's been a heck of a start this morning, okay? Just so that everybody knows, um, every department across the life of the church, I think this morning, has come in with some sort of challenge or thing that went sideways or an excuse to stay home in bed or something to go, right? So that's pretty neat. That's, that's great because that means that God's at work. It doesn't come without opposition. It's the beginning of a new year. We're entering uncharted waters. We're, we've never been here before, or at least not exactly. Now, the truth is, it's like it says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. That's true, but this is new to us, right? There's nothing really new, but it's new to us. And today is a day, like I said, of destiny, a day of purpose. We're, we're part of a culture that is changing. You're part of a church that is changing. I'm not getting any younger, and neither is anybody else here. That's changing, too. It can get a little unnerving at times, but it's kind of exciting, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I like the adventure. Um, Debbie is the, um, she's the perspective. She's the safe one in our family. Uh, she's the one that protects the kids from my great ideas. And so, but I, I love the spirit of adventure, of trying things, doing things. And so I approach 2019 with a great deal of expectancy. I'm, I'm coming at this God, just believing God for great things, things outside of the box. God's been doing some miraculous things in 2018, and we celebrate those things. He's moving in the area of salvations. We've seen salvations across the life of the church, whether it be G-Rock, on our Sunday mornings, like so many different areas, we're seeing salvations. We're seeing God's provision. I mean, oh my gosh, we've seen God's provision in so many ways, and in the life of folks in the church as well, not just corporately. We've seen healing, physical healing of people that have been touched by God, God in this year that have experienced the power of God to bring healing. We've seen reconciliation. We, we've had a sense of God's direction. We've, we've got wisdom from on high. And I don't know about you, but I'm believing for breakthrough, yeah. for breakthrough, for something that is out of the ordinary. It, when you think of breakthrough, I want you to think a dam bursting and something powerful and, and rolling from that, like just imagine the, the, the force in a positive way, not in a destructive way, but a release of something that moves forward. And, and you say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by breakthrough? What's that look like? Well, for some, it could be a breakthrough in a fresh sense of God in your life, a fresh sense of that God is with you, his presence is real, and that you've, you've had that experience that, that you know that God is with you and, it's, and he is for you. It could be breakthrough in a sense of restored hope in something where you've been, you've been hoping, you've been praying, and you've been believing for something, and, and, and this, at this time there's a breakthrough of hope. For others, it could be a breakthrough in the area of answered prayer. You know, you've been praying, and I'm believing that God will bring an answer. There's a breakthrough in prayer for some this morning. For someone else, it could be breakthrough in your business, in your job opportunities, where you're, you're going in those things, where there's a sense of God breaking through and something supernatural happening in that realm of your life. On a more corporate level, 
I'm believing for impact and believing for breakthrough and community impact. That, that what is happening in the life of the church cannot be contained in the life of the church. That, that what God desires to do in the area of breakthrough in our community, life transformation. God adding to the church daily those that are being saved. The transformation of the spiritual landscape of our region by the power of God through the local church. Breakthrough. It's incredible. It's, it's powerful. It's, it's, I believe, the heart of God for us and for our church. That we would not settle for any small thing or any, but the details matter to God, but I'm believing for breakthrough, something spectacular. I mean, why not? Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? Why not the power of God in the midst of this church in this season in this year? Why not? I mean, we can, we can think of reasons why not. I can say why not, and everybody's going, well, but really, can we trust God? Can we believe for God for more? Because I believe that's exactly what he wants to do. I want to go to the Bible. And I want to turn in. There was a time in Israel's history, after they'd been defeated by the Assyrians and the Babylonians, like they, they had had it rough, right? They, they had sinned, and, and the enemy forces around them and countries around them had overrun them. At a certain time, God had brought something to them that, where a new political power had come to the, to the forefront. It was the Persian Empire. They had overtaken the Babylonians, and, and they were rising in power. And in the midst of that, King Darius of Persia, he actually released the Israelites from exile in Babylon to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Like this, this ruling authority had actually released their, their leaders under the leadership of Ezra, the prophet Ezra, and they had been granted passage and resources to do the job. So they've been taken from their homeland, they've been exiled, so they've been taken away, and they were living in Babylon. And, and this was pretty significant because it was basically an enemy country that they had been exiled in was saying to the religious leaders, it's like, hey guys, we really think you should go back to the country that we took you from or that you were taken from and that you should restore your place of worship to Yahweh and, and we want you to rebuild that temple, that place where you met with your God and oh, by the way, here's a bunch of the things of worship that you had that we had stolen and we'll give you the resources to do the repair. So here's a letter saying, go for it. Go get them. Can you imagine? Like, this would have been unheard of. The favor of God, that's miraculous. That doesn't just happen. That's not a good strategy in the boardroom of a new overcoming country that's saying, you know what, I think the best thing we can do here is send these guys back home and that they can worship their God. This was a God moment for them. And, and, and for them to be able to do that was an incredible miracle. So if we pick up the story in the book of Ezra, so probably about three-quarters of the way through the Old Testament if you've got an actual paper Bible. That's a nice thing about your phone. Boom. E-Z-R-A. We're there. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. And I'm going to start at verse 21. And it's an interesting little antidote here. So it's like as we, as we look at that, so think about it. Ezra, he's got a letter of consent from the king, King Darius. He's got provision. He has, he's on a mission. He's all packed up and ready to go. But, but he knew that getting from where he was 
in Babylon to Jerusalem was a journey, to say the least. He knew that that was a journey that was very dangerous and an opportunity for things to go bad was very, very large. The rendezvous point in the Babylonian area was the area of Ahava, and there were some rivers and canals there, but that was where they were meeting. So this was, Ahava was in the Babylonian territory, and they were going to be going from there to Jerusalem. I want to pick it up in chapter 8, verse 21. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all of our possessions. Seems like a reasonable request. It's interesting, though. He says, I was ashamed to ask the king, of, uh, the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from our enemies on the road. Because, this is, this is great, because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who, who forsake him. So, we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. It's only three verses. But I think there's a powerful point to be made here for the way that Ezra approached what was going on. I mean, I love this. He had made faith, a faith declaration to the king that God was with them. <laughs> then he realized that they needed to put their faith with their words. Right? He, he had told the king, I mean, our God is a great God. Our God is with us. God is for us. He will protect us. But it was about to get real. There was a step of faith that had to happen. The group was to return to Jerusalem. They were traveling with families and not a small amount of gold and silver and resources. Right? So this was not a military campaign. This was people and riches and families that were traveling back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. It was through dangerous territory and with many enemies. So Ezra, rather than choosing, okay, I don't want this to reflect poorly on our God. I've made this great declaration of faith to the king. So rather than say, okay, God is good, he will protect us, but, but just in case, could you protect us? Instead of that, he decides that their best option is to declare a fast and pray that God would indeed be with them and bring them safely to Jerusalem. They were going to Jerusalem on God's business. It was his plan, purpose for them to go. They were blessed with miraculous favor and provision. I mean, they had been given back things that had been taken. They, they had what they needed. There had already been a miracle of provision. But Ezra recognized the need to get serious with God and humble himself and petition God for a successful mission. And God answered their prayer. Just because God had given them the provision, just because they had a letter from the king, just because they had a purpose... Ezra recognized we can't proceed. We can't leave this place of Ahava, this mustering point. We can't leave this place without the hand of God upon us and his protection to get us there. There's too much at stake to leave here, to head into here without God's protection. There's too much at stake to be in that place of provision, that place of, of purpose, that place of action, and not have God go with us to ensure that we arrive safely at that destination and to be able to do that. God answered their prayer. 
Like Ezra, I'm making some bold statements here this morning. I've made some declarations. I've acknowledged the provision of our God, and it's obvious. I believe we have a plan and a purpose to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heart of our city and to the world. That we have been called, we have a mission. We've been blessed with people. We've been blessed with resources. But it's not going to come easy. It's not just handed on a silver platter and says, woohoo, go for it. This is, you know, this isn't fancy little drinks with umbrellas around the pool stuff here. This is, you've been given the provision, but there's, there's a journey from the promise, from here, the promise, to the fulfillment. There's, there's, a, there's transactions that take place, and there's perils in the midst of that, that we need the presence and the power of God. So like Ezra, I am suggesting that we humble ourselves, that we fast, that we petition our God about this in the expectation that he will answer our prayer. I'm proposing that we fast forward here this morning. That's more than a button on your VCR Right, I went, noticed I went to VCR because nobody, nobody has those anymore. But it's like fast forward is like it's hardly ever used anymore. But back when there was a tape, you actually had to rewind. Fast forward. fast forward. It's a play on words, but there's this fasting. But it's fasting with our future in mind. It's fasting forward. It's thinking of what is to come. It's, it's covering those things which we've been given and blessed with, with the power of God. It's the future of our future in mind, our corporate future in mind, but the future of our city in mind. Let's fast forward. Now, I recognize a beautiful, incredible, incredible diversity of folks here this morning, different stages in our development with God, different places on our journey of faith, different backgrounds. And in that diversity... And you may be a guest here this morning and may think, okay, what kind of a bunch have I gotten myself into? Fasting? Is like, is this a cult or something? Right? Because sometimes our reaction to the word fasting, and that's not just from people that are outside of our, our realm here, but is sometimes fear and pushback. You know, we think that's for weird people. Fasting? Like that giving up food? On purpose? Like, why would I do that? It sounds very extreme. But honestly, folks, it shouldn't. Fasting was a natural, normal part of Christian life. In biblical times, in the beginning of like the early church, I mean, Jesus fasted. His disciples fasted. John the Baptist fasted. John, John the Baptist's followers fasted. Jesus taught on prayer. The early church fasted. Like It was, it was just as common... Fasting should be as common in our walk of faith to our, what it is to be a believer and a follower of Christ. It should be just as natural as reading our Bible, as praying, as singing a song of worship, of giving, of serving, of all of these things. Like it, It's one of those things that's man, mentioned in the Bible as if it's normative. So this morning, I'm coming at it from that perspective, that, that I believe fasting is just something normal for us. Like, it shouldn't be something, oh, that's kind of strange. Like, why would someone do that? 
fasting is actually a great thing. It's, it's a great thing for us to be able to do. And let me explain a little bit more of, of what it is. It's a ba- a, just a basic definition of fasting is the voluntary, voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. If you take the spiritual purposes out of it, it's called a diet. <laughs> the voluntary abstinence from food for a spiritual purpose. The medical community actually has recognized the benefits of fasting on a purely medical, physical level. That it's, it's, it's great for the body, gives it a chance to detox, kind of a reset in their digestive system. But that's not the reason, that's not the incentive that I want us to kind of look at this and consider this this morning. It's the idea of a spiritual endeavor. It's supernatural. I want us to fast forward. It's about our future, our mission. It's kingdom impact. We're fasting for spiritual purposes. Now, in the broader sense, you can do things, uh, fast things that aren't food. For example, what about Netflix? Oh, yeah, I'm scary, huh? What about Instagram? What about, I don't know, television and... What about video games? We, when you choose voluntarily to abstain from something like that for spiritual purposes, that rather than, right, think about this. How easy is it to log on to Netflix, click a movie, and spend an hour and 50 minutes zone plugged right into that and get to the end of it and go, wow, that was, that was great. Now, rather than log on to Netflix, can you imagine? I know, this is radical. Can you imagine spending an hour and 50 minutes doing nothing else but prayer and reading your Bible? Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, one thing is as easy as clicking a button. The other is a spiritual endeavor that with eternal, eternal value that we can find in the realm of 17 million reasons not to do. I mean, I'm not the only one here, and I'm saying this by faith, but I am not the only one here when I make a determination that I'm going to spend an hour in prayer that between 30 seconds and two minutes into that, my brain has come up with 17 different things that I could be doing or that I'm focusing on or the phone rings or, or this happens or somebody comes and knocks on the door or all of a sudden you got to go pee, right? Am I the only one? <laughs> it's true, but like something with an eternal... But you can watch a two-hour movie. It's this idea of setting aside something that is so normal and so easy and so relaxing for us and actually saying, what if I did something of eternal consequences? What if I actually took this and and went deeper with it? What if I took it further? What if I fast forward? So biblically, the focus is food. When they talk about fasting, it's to deal with your appetite, but they didn't have Netflix. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have all those things to be able to distract them. So I think there's actually value in those things. They are things that we can substitute our time with God for. And so let's, we, those, so those are valid things as we consider that this week. I, I just want to throw that out there. 
We read in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, the, the, in the book of Acts, the early church, they were, they were, I mean, Jesus had come and gone and the Holy Spirit had come and they were focusing on the future. They were looking to the future. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called him. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. If we, if we cruise down to Acts chapter 14, verse 23, it says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. You see a pattern here? Prayer, fasting. It would seem that the early church for them, prayer and fasting went hand in hand with decision making and releasing folks into ministry. Like that there was something important to it. There was a value on it that took things to another level. This prayer and fasting for the purposes of the future of the church. When you're, when you're setting aside people to do ministry, when you're, when you're commissioning them, when you're praying for them, when you're sending them out, prayer and fasting to see that happen call on somebody's life, the provision, the mission, the journey for fulfillment. There's that sense of prayer and fasting and covering to see that happen. Jesus taught his followers to fast. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus taught his followers about fasting. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Did you catch that? He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast, as if, sounds pretty normal, it's coming, like, hey, so when you do that, you know, like, when you eat, right? I mean, when we say that, it's like, well, yeah, when we eat, there's no question about that. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they're fasting. It's, oh, I'm starving. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward in full. And what's that? what are they receiving? The recognition of people. But when you fast, slick your hair back, wash your face, shave, look good, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, some people get this idea that if somebody else finds out that you're fasting, that it's null and void, so it's like there's no benefit of it. I don't believe that's what Jesus is teaching here. This speaks to motivation. This was the idea, if you are doing this to impress people, if this is to look super spiritual, if this is to impress your pastor somehow, if this is to make your, you know, somehow the group of your, your group leader, you know, just think that you are just awesome because you fast, that you are the spiritual elite. He says, be careful, because if, if that's your motivation, then that's what you will get. People will think you're super spiritual. You know, the other people in your group will think you are like, wow, I just wish I was as spiritual as them. But if that is your motivation, then your motivation will be met, but God's not all that impressed. God's saying like, well, well all right, if that's what you want out of it, you can have that. That's wonderful. But it goes on that. He says, Jesus was dealing with motivation. He says, fasting is not a way to show people how religious you are. It's a way to show God how serious you are. Right? So the fact that, we're, that I am, you know, talking about fasting, that does not somehow make that unfruitful. It's just we're talking about it. I want us to grow in it. If, I'm, if, if we're doing it to be seen, 
that's what we get. But let's fast for God. And fasting and prayer are a package deal. The two go together. Like I said, if you fast without prayer, you'll be hungry and somewhat unfulfilled. But the idea of prayer and fasting, they go together. And prayer is such an incredible thing when it comes to motivation. You know, if you fast to get God's, people's attention, you know, then you don't get God's attention. Prayer is much the same way when it comes to motivation. James, the book of James, James, the brother of Jesus, he, he wrote some, some incredible things in a book called James. It's a good title. But in James chapter 4, he's talking about prayer and he's talking about the fruit of that. And he says, you do not have because you do not ask God. And he's saying, like, guys, it's like, we should pray. <laughs> then he goes further. He says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I have a love-hate relationship for the book of James. I love it when I think, you know, God is really just, man, he just put his finger on somebody and is like, I love how God just, you know, you know, he uses his word and I hate it when he realized he was talking to me. So love-hate is there, all right? So James is great and I realize that he's talking to me. God knows our motives. He sees the bigger picture. And the key to fasting is not simply skipping a meal or two for a few days, but to spend that extra focused time in prayer, connecting with God on a spiritual level. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of self-discipline. And God, guys, prayer is not convincing God to do something he hasn't already thought of. Right? Prayer is this idea of aligning our hearts and our minds with the kingdom of God and saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in me as it is in heaven, in this place as it is in heaven, in our church as it is in heaven, in our city as it is in heaven. God, we just pray that the resources of heaven be released. Lord, God, do miracles. God, do your thing. Have your way. Lord, I surrender to you. It's this concept of alignment. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Romans says in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes for us and he groans with words we cannot express. He searches our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. We, we have this tension between the physical, what we can feel, what we can touch, and the spiritual. And, and the two are interacting all the time. The two coexist. But there's this tension between the two, between fact and and faith between what's seen, what we can touch, and what's unseen. And there's this tension that we live in. Putting a priority on taking time to focus on God and pray at the expense of something as normal as food, it's an act of faith. And I'm saying, God, I recognize this. I actually have a physical feeling of hunger. I'm hungry. And that's natural, and that's good. Food's not wrong. But that hunger, what if we use that hunger as a bit of an indicator? Have I prayed? Am I praying? That that, that tightness in my gut is, is saying, oh, oh, that's right, I'm fasting. God, and you start to pray. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a signal for us to eat, but what if that signal was us for prayer? As, as the team comes back, I, I want to... I want to give a little context for us here at Faith. And again, this is a bold faith statement. And I'm actually stealing this bold faith statement from a fellow by the name of Graham Cook. And he articulates something that very well that I want to challenge us with this morning. I want to challenge us on an individual basis, but also on a corporate basis. 
If I was as articulate as this guy, this could be me. God has not called us to do what seems possible, to do what seems reasonable or normal or attainable. He has called us to do the impossible. He wants us to stretch beyond our ability, our faith, our capacity to reason. He wants us to do more than we could ever imagine or dream. If you're reading this, and I am, and you think that your call is attainable, it's time for an upgrade. We're not supposed to be doing what's possible. We're supposed to be doing what is impossible and outrageous. To accomplish our calling, we must put our hand in the hand of God, learning to be completely dependent on the Holy Spirit for everything. God's not called us to do what's easy. God's given us provision and calling and a mission. And to get from there to the fulfillment of that, it's going to take a supernatural empowering of God and protection and, and Him moving on our behalf. It's not attainable in our own strength. It's not possible in us. What God has called us to do in our city is not something that can be accomplished through clever programs, the right, pro, you know, the right systems. Those things are all important. They're good, but it's going to take a move of God. And if what you're believing for does not require faith in a move of God, then upgrade. I don't want to lean back and coast into 2019. I want to believe for God for the impossible. In my life, in your life, in the life of this church, and in our city. And so in response to that, I want to challenge us to a time of prayer and fasting. Yes, I am actually asking us to give up food for prayer. I'm asking us to do this on a corporate level. Anybody here that can hear my voice, it's an invitation to take part in a fast. I myself am committing to pray and fast for this coming week, starting Monday morning and going, and I'm going to break the fast on Friday night. You're thinking, that's a whole week. Trust me, my stomach is already telling me that. But it's a time for us to focus in in prayer. And I'm putting that out there. Anybody that wants to join me in that, Let's believe for incredible things in 2019 and let's, let's pray, let's fast, let's set aside some things. Let's believe God to intercede and to come, come through and bring breakthrough in our lives. For some of you who've never fasted, if you've never fasted, I don't recommend starting with a full five-day fast. But you can fast one meal a week. Or, even better, why not fast one meal a day and instead of taking that time where you would have eaten, and pray along with us and believe for God to do something miraculous. It's a step of faith. It's attainable. It's something that's reasonable. It can be done. All of us could do that. And I'm not talking about getting so busy that you forget to eat. I'm talking about instead of eating, you pray. Let's do this. It's like, and just so you know, when you fast, especially the day and age that we live in with the amount of caffeine, sugar, and additives that we take in, there is a very good chance that you will get a headache within the first two, one or two days. That's not a sign from God to stop fasting. That's a sign from your body saying it's about time. So drink lots of water. Lots of water. Drink some juice, some broth if you need to. Have the Tylenol handy. Pray through and believe for us. And to make it easier, 
we've actually got a prayer journal thing for the week. It starts Monday, goes through the Friday. We have it in printed form where each day of the week we're setting aside a specific, there's a little devotional and a prayer focus for that week. It's going to be available on our uh, Facebook page, uh, Faith Tabernacle Church on Facebook. You'll see it there. Each week there'll be an encouragement that we can do that. And I encourage you to do that as a, let's do this as a, as a corporate thing, that there's comments and stuff happening there on that of, of things that we're believing for, breakthrough that we're experiencing, just so we can track this together. And let's believe for God to do the miraculous. If you want that in printed form, you like paper, it's, I've printed up, I think, 50 copies, and you're probably thinking, well, that's not very much faith. No, there's 50 actually printed copies for those that probably aren't going to be on Facebook or that don't, you know, don't do it that way. So those are available. You can get those on the way, way out. But let's believe. Let's set this year up that if God doesn't show up, that we're in deep, deep trouble. But let's believe that he will, and let's do that together. Can we stand? Joel chapter 1 verse 14 says, Declare a holy fast, call a secret assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord for help. Let's believe for 2019. Let's pray and fast together. Let's worship.